Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. We are comedy writers in Los Angeles. And you know what? We're here to help. So as a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. Damn straight. We talk about cultural moments we love. We talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Everybody, uh, you know what? I am looking at such a great day in LA, but I'm so happy to be here with my friend and be here with you doing the antidote for another week. Yeah, you guys. Grace is about to leave in on a jet plane. <laughs> She's about to be out of here. Uh, you too, bitch. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're going to be, be high-fiving in the sky. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I love um, to see it. Actually, you're, you're leaving actually before me, but um, tell us, where are you flying off to, my lady? Oh, well, by the time this airs, I'll already be back, y'all. But I am on my way to France, you know, my mm. other home. And I haven't really spent considerable time there since before the pandemic. Mm. Um, so I'm really, really excited to go. Um, yeah. 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 You're going to have some cheeses and some breads and some That's chocolate. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Some chocolate. <laughs> you know what? I am sort of lactose intolerant, but when I go to oh, Europe, too. I can eat that cheese and nothing happens yeah. to me. What are we putting in our cheese in the Americas? Literally, America is accessible. <laughs> like, what? They're just like, why does our bread taste so bad? <laughs> I used to think I hated bread. And then I went to France oh, and I was like, mmm. Same. I was just like, num, 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 num. Because they have laws to make sure that you can't put too much extra shit in there, which is great. Yeah, it's so true. I'm like, everything in France tastes better, is a little better. Um, By the way, I saw that one of our listeners shared an antidote. Oh, great. Her handle is Ruthie Morris. That's R-U-T-H-E-Y Morris. Um, And she said, my antidote for this week is morning meditation. Mm, I love that, Ruthie. Before I even get out of bed, I check in with myself and set intentions for the day. It makes me feel so much more relaxed and confident when I have a busy day ahead of me. Ruthie, you and me are speaking the same language. This is also my morning antidote, if you will. Yeah. And you know what? I've just gotten recently a little bit more consistent with meditation. Like I have some affirmations that I say in the morning, but just recently I've started doing meditation more religiously. And yeah, I do the same thing. I just lay there in bed. I have the Headspace app and I just pull it up and I do um, my morning meditation. And yeah, it really helps center you before you get into the craziness that is life. So thank you for sending that in. And other listeners, if you'd like to send in your antidotes, please use the hashtag, that's my antidote. And also tag the show if you'd like, and we would love to share them on the pod. But Amy, we wouldn't need the antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Starting out top with our bummer news of the week. So guys, have you heard that rent in Manhattan has now reached an average of $5,000 a month? 
Guys, this is nuts. Literally in July, it reached this new high. 5,113 is the median Damn, rent in the middle nice. of so the market. So it's even more than 5,000. I was hoping it was yeah, a little exactly. under. It's over 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> According to the same report, average rents in Brooklyn landed at $3,883. And one in four apartments in the borough saw bidding wars for the fourth oh month God. in a row. This was a latest uh, report from Douglas Elliman, which is a realtor company. But yeah, it's like literally wild. <laughs> <laughs> that rents are the side. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that bothers me about this the most. Rent is too damn high and then wages are not keeping up. No. So I moved to New York when I was 23 years old. I wanted to become an actor. Mm-hmm. And so I hopped on a, my little ass on a Greyhound bus and I came out to New York, you know, with all these dreams and stars in my eyes. And, yeah. you know, I was able to stay with my family for a couple of months. So that was a blessing. But I moved out after like two months. Um, I was staying with my aunt and I moved out with a friend. Um, into a one-bedroom apartment where she used to sleep in the living room and I used to sleep in the bedroom. And our combined rent was $1,100. Oh and God. it needed that to be $1,100 because, you know, my first job right out of college, I was like an editorial assistant and I was getting paid like $24,000 a year. And my friend was like working at a club, you know what I'm saying? And oh she God. also came to New York to be an artist. So like... We would not have been able to do that if yeah. rent was $5,000. It would have been impossible for us. Sometimes the yeah. five fifty dollars each that we were paying in this, you know, one bedroom in Queens uh, was still kind of tough, you know, to, to swing at that time because I wasn't getting paid very much at all. So I don't know this like New York is an artist mecca. Yeah. So people who want to be become designers, people who want to become actors, writers, so many different things, they come there for that. So how is the city going to be transformed for the worse if artists are not able to afford to live there? Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, oh, so it's going to be like 19 people in a room. New York is one of those places that if you have a big dream, that's where you got to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could have never done what I have done if I did not move to New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, it just breaks my heart for anyone. Even if you have a dream to be on Wall Street oh and you've gosh, got a degree yeah. in finance or yeah. whatever, you're going to be working like an assistant job, a low-level job. How are you going to be able to afford that? I you're mean, gonna have roommates. Yeah. yeah. It's just you're going to have roommates till you're in your 30s. But that's not the only bit of bummer news. Um, up next is, hey, did you know that Sitting all day can cause health problems, even if you exercise. Yeah, a new study, which involved more than 3,700 men and women in Finland, it was actually uh, done by Vahid Farahi, I'm hope, I hope I'm saying his name right, a postdoctoral scientist at the University of Oulu. This study found that many dutifully exercised for a half hour, but then sat almost nonstop for another 10, 11, or even 12 hours a day. In the study, they were called active couch potatoes. (laughs) And their blood sugar, cholesterol, and body fat all were elevated. So Um, exercise might not be enough, okay? It's not going to be enough to counter the health issues created by prolonged sitting. How's this make you feel, Grace? Um, I am a writer, so I'm going to die. (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) I mean, like, I can't, I can't 
not like I sit a lot because I'm at the computer typing scripts. Yeah. What am I going to do? And even when yeah. I'm like on set, like you're sitting at Video Village, you get up to talk to the actors, you know, every few minutes, but you're mainly sitting down. Um, and I live in Los Angeles now. I used to walk a lot when I was in New York, but now I walk, I, you know, I live in a walkable neighbor of Los Angeles, but, you know, I just don't have to go as far to, like, run errands anymore, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, walking-wise. Like, if it's yeah. something is a mile away, I actually do uh, drive, you know? So uh, this is a bummer for me because then now it makes me think I should get one of those treadmill desks, and those are a bummer to me. No offense if anybody has one, <laughs> but like every time I've been on a Zoom with somebody who's doing it, it's a bummer. And um, also, I, I don't want to be working out like slowly all day long. That's <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I thought my little Peloton time or whatever was enough. I thought that that it was enough to keep me okay, but I guess not. No, but also I will just say this study, I was kind of like, oh, it's like eating bad food is related to illness. Like to me, there was a little bit about this that just felt like fear mongering. I'm like, uh, tell me something I don't know. This just in water is wet. Like I'm not, because I'm like, yeah, of course sitting is bad for your health. We know, but y'all invented these damn computers <laughs> and made us do it. So I'm just kind of like, do you want us to be productive or do you want us to be healthy? Because I don't know if the two go hand in hand. Yeah, um, I mean, well, you know, I'm, we, we live in America, so you know what the answer to that question is. Yeah, I definitely it's do. It's all about productivity in this capitalist <laughs> society. I mean, I, I now that I know this, I guess I will just try to get out and maybe add a walk to my morning. But, you know, once I'm actually at work, like there's nothing I can really do about the fact that I, you know, sit most of the time. Well, one know? thing that I've started doing, Grace, if if maybe in something maybe our listeners can do is I used to be so mad that I don't have a bathroom right next to my office. But now hearing mm-hmm. stuff like this, I tend to walk down like mm-hmm. to a further away bathroom <laughs> so that I, oh, okay. I'm like getting some steps in. Um, so that that helps um, okay. a little bit, I hope. Also, just do yeah. a lap. Like maybe like you're working and get up because we're all working from, so many of us are still working from home. Yeah. Like get mm-hmm. up and instead of just going to the bathroom and going back, do a lap around your studio, around your one bedroom, around wherever you live. Just do a lap before you go back to work. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm going to definitely try to get up more for sure. But yeah, there's sometimes when it's just necessary to sit for like... I know. God, I got to write. Yeah. Oh my God. How do you feel, Grace, having heard all this bummer news? Well, I mean, I I feel uh, uh, pessimistic about the the future of New York. And I also feel uh, sad (laughs) that I now I have another thing that I have to fucking add into my day, which is to get up, bitch, and walk if if you don't want to die an early death. Uh, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, nah, about the same. So, uh, yeah, this is exactly why we need the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? My antidote had to do with you. Oh! It did. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I'm going away uh, for a few months to uh, supervise a production. And uh, Amy's going to, to France a little bit. And so uh, we decided to get together because we won't be able to easily see each other uh, for until December, frankly. We won't That's be able wild. To easily when you see. say that, it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so as a result, we decided to have a little drink slash dinner moment. 
Mm-hmm. And it came at a moment where I was dealing with a lot of stress. Like there was mm. something that happened earlier. I won't say because uh, it's regarding a certain person that owed me a certain product. But things did not go as planned. And so I was very, very upset uh, arriving there. Uh, So we sat, we got a drink. I told you what happened. And it really was what I needed in that moment because I was so stressed out because I have so many things to do before I get on this plane and go on this trip. So, Mm. uh, So yeah, just sitting there with my Amy... Uh, having some delicious food. I think we had some pastas. Yeah, um, that was the, I mean, that really was the best uh, part of it for me was like, it was a restaurant that I don't ordinarily eat at because it's like mostly like carbs and carbs. cheese. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, why don't I eat here more often? And then I sat down and looked at the menu because it's so, it's like, there's a beautiful little patio moment. Yeah. It's like the cocktails are good. The vibe is right. And I was like, why don't I eat here more often? And I'm not saying the name of the restaurant because I'm kind of dragging them because they hand out the menu. So I'm like, oh, it's just cheese and bread. <laughs> cheese, bread, and butter. That's what it's it like, is. like, even the vegetables come with a plate. Literally one of the dishes, I was like, could you do, what is this? And he's like, oh, so it's served on a pillow of cheese. <laughs> and you know, like, we black, so our little like... tum-tums, our tum-tums can't handle that exactly. too much. You know, we like lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah, we are both lactose intolerant, but on this night, we chose it because it was in a good location for what mm-hmm. we both were up to before. And um, it just ended up being the right spot. And it was so nice, even though our waiter got too busy and kind of left us alone too long. <laughs> it was yes. really nice to just like sit. Like, I... Sit, which is gonna kill us. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! We should have been doing laps around we the restaurant, been running around. <laughs> but it was really nice to sit, and we got these cute cocktails that came in like take-home cups that were shaped like cats. <laughs> And I was like, why is this a thing? At this I was just like, because we saw the the thing and we both love whiskey. Like we're both whiskey drinkers. Yes. And so we're just like, oh, this one has whiskey in it. And I was just like, why is it fucking $30? And then it, we, we just both were just like, fuck it. We're just having that kind of night. So, yes. we, were, so we ordered it. it. It came in a ceramic cat with a flower. And then they're just like... <laughs> Guess what the treat is? You get to keep the cat. And, and I was like, you like, charged me to take care of this cat. <laughs> I was just like, we don't want this fucking cat. But I was just like, you know what? We do want it because now we each have something in our homes to remind us yes. of uh, that night or that specific dinner that we had. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we have a souvenir. <laughs> um, we have a yeah, souvenir. Yeah, well. De-stress dinner was also my antidote this week. So this is beautiful. Um, Oh, yay. Listeners, if you are looking for um, an antidote, grab a friend. Go to a a restaurant you don't go to that often that you think the vibes are going to be nice. And just go have a de-stress dinner. Kvetch about what you're going through and then enjoy a good drink. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes, like, we... (laughs) We we did make a bad bad decision about the dessert uh, because mean, at first Amy was just like, oh, Van Leeuwen is nearby. Like we, we should go there to get some ice cream. And then uh, I was like, I don't know. We're here. That zucchini cake looks pretty OK. Zucchini that we had cake. It, and it was not. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, don't you pass off vegetables as dessert? How dare you? 
And then I thought it was going to be a zucchini bread moment. Like, you know, because I do like zucchini bread if it's like moist, but it was not moist. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's cute to, to share a dessert with your friend, too, because you're sort of yeah. cutting back on the calories. But at yeah. the same time, having a little treat uh, with your friend and you're like, ooh, we're going to be bad. We're going <laughs> to eat dessert, uh, which, you know, I don't know why we think that way. Um, dessert is not bad. It's the patriarchy. Just, you know, <laughs> sometimes you want a little It all dates sweet. back to white supremacy. Like literally any time <laughs> in your day that you're like, why do I think that? It's like, well, it's either the patriarchy or white supremacy. <laughs> I'm sorry, darling. We've been infected. <laughs> oh, no. But yes, it was such a lovely, 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 lovely time. And um, yeah, I had, yeah, we both Focusing had awesome. It was great. Yes, yes. Oh, oh man. Now I want to get another friend's dinner with you. Well, we will see. I know, but it's impossible till December. <laughs> I know, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. I know we will. And I look forward to the day. Uh, we'll be back after the break. And we're trying a new segment today, so make sure to stay tuned. Welcome to Storytime. Yeah, we keep getting feedback that our listeners want to hear more about us. And thank you for that, actually. Uh, yeah. So we're excited to try out a new segment on the show. And uh, yeah, just let us know what you think. We're going to ask each other a question we've never spoken about before. And who knows where the conversation will go. Grace, you ready? Let's do it. What is your happiest childhood memory? And what makes it so special? Mm. Happiest childhood memory. Uh, when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. I had a best friend. And as you know, she was kind of like me, not super popular at school. And um, she, you know, she and I stuck together because um, we got to know each other in preschool. You know, I'm from Guyana. My parents are Guyanese. And so when my parents came over, they put me in like early preschool. Uh, Caribbean people love schooling. You know, I know you can relate as a Nigerian, Uh, but they love (laughs) school. So they like put me in school as soon as they could. And so Mm -hmm. um, I made friends with this girl named Sarah. um, And we were just a little swirl, little best friendship as little children. (laughs) She's white. I'm black. She was just my best friend. And so we had so many fun times going to Oak Park Park. I used to live in Oak Park, Michigan. And so did she. And um, I just remember us like, riding bikes like down the hill and like going into the forest and playing Narnia together because we were both nerds. So we Mm. read like a lot of the Narnia books. So we would pretend to be like Narnia in the forest. And I was just like, oh my God, like our parents just let us go into the forest. I was just like, (laughs) uh, the 80s were a different time. You know, I, I just remember just playing dress up with her. She always used to have a box of dress up clothes in her closet. And so I'd go over to her house and play dress up. And a lot of times we would read books together. So Mm. we'd be like, okay, the new Nancy Drew just came out. So we'll agree to read it together. So she was just my very, very best friend. And I still know her. She lives in like the Chicago area now. And now she's a librarian which is very sweet. We were friends with the librarians at the library because the the library was in like in the park area. Mm-hmm. And we go to the library and go get ice cream cones at the ice skating rink after. So just 
that time because she was kind of like my only friend at the time. Yeah. I, I just like the idea of knowing that you have a deep connection to someone from your childhood. That's awesome. Yeah. This, after this, uh, I, sh- I should hit her up. I should hit her up and this be like... This is so sweet. It like became a tribute <laughs> to your friend. I love yes. this. Aww. Yeah. It's just a sweet person. Sweet person still. So what would you say your happiest childhood memory is, Amy? I don't know the answer to that. I, I feel like most of my childhood memories are pretty bittersweet. It'll be like, oh, mm. when I was playing and then that dog bit my brother. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like everything is like, oh, my first co-ed birthday party and the cops got called. <laughs> I'm like, <"Whoa>, everything. <laughs> All my memories are like real weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny because when I first heard the question, I thought proudest childhood achievement. Um, oh my God, of course you would. And I went a different would. way. <laughs> but maybe my happiest... It's a little bittersweet, but actually I think this might be one of my happiest memories. So when I was like maybe six or something, um, my parents, like my whole childhood is like littered with like Nigerian weddings. Um, mm-hmm. My family was always going to Nigerian weddings, like, uh, cause there's a big Nigerian community in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I was six, there was a wedding coming up and my mom said I could pick my outfit. Mm-hmm. And I picked like this green and black, it was like aqua green and black striped dress that was not very fancy, um, but it was just like kind of like three-quarter sleeve, like scoop neck dress um, that was kind of like uh, calf length. And I wore like white tights and like black shoes. And I was like, I look cute. And <laughs> well, you I was know what? Like, that sounds very 90s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was super 90s. So I don't think I looked that cute, but he, that's not even the memory. The memory is, and the dress is relevant because my mom kept saying she was going to do my hair for the wedding. And mm-hmm. I had kind of like hair like I do now, like shoulder length kind of hair. Um, and my mom pulled a fast one on me and she fucking shaved my head. Not all the way off, but like into a tiny little TWA, teeny weeny afro. And which is what Nigerian parents do. Like if you look at pictures of Nigerian kids, they all the girls have teeny weeny afros. It's just like, we don't have time to do your hair. You're going to have a teeny weeny. But Uh like as a kid in Texas, I felt like I was like, what are you doing? I remember crying and being so mad. I was like, why did you cut my hair off? And she was like, so you look nice. And I was like, I don't look nice like this. And the dress having a scoop neck, I was like, my hair is going to be on my shoulders. And instead, there was no hair. So I was just like, it's just all neck. (laughs) And I was was so upset. Beautiful neck and a beautiful head. That's I mean, yes, and this little chocolate face. Like, I I was adorable. (laughs) But at the time, like, you know, you're in fucking Texas and you're over here just feeling like I want to fit in and my mom took the one thing that I was like kind of made me fit in was like my longish hair and Mm -hmm. she cut my hair off and we got to this way I was sobbing the whole way to the wedding I got there I was so upset I was just like I didn't want to talk to anyone and I just felt so quote unquote ugly which I now know is like you know uh, the patriarchy and like white supremacy supremacy. (laughs) incepting my poor childhood mind but Mm -hmm. um after the wedding happened and there was a reception, we're like sitting with our families and stuff. Like in Nigerian weddings, dancing is like a huge thing. Like everybody dances, you throw money on the bride and like all this stuff. So people are starting to dance and they're playing good music and music that I knew. Some of it was Nigerian, some of it was pop music. And I remember um, people kept coming by and saying how pretty I looked. And obviously it's a mostly black wedding. It's mostly Nigerians at this wedding. And I was just like, yeah, okay, liars. And then I was kind of like, 
maybe I do look cute. I don't know. And then they were playing a song I liked and I'm in my chair just kind of dancing. And my dad was like, dance now. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be out there. And he's like, just go dance. You love the song, go dance. And then my dad like took me out on the dance floor and we started dancing. And then he left me and I was cutting up. (laughs) I was out on the dance floor. And I remember being so happy because I was like, all these people here, and like, I'm saying it now as an adult at the time, I, I couldn't like fully conceptualize this. But as an adult, I'm like, all these people here don't have the standards that the world, that Texas had. And they all said I was beautiful and they all said I was cute and they all said I was a good dancer. And so I was like, it was one of the first moments I remember being around people who were like me, like wholly mm-hmm. like me and yeah. feeling like I fit in. And so I was dancing and I remember somewhere in one of my parents' like photo albums, there's a picture of me like with a huge oh. smile on my face in that green and black dress with my arms spread wide, just like so happy in the middle of this dance floor. And um, and I love to dance. Like I've always loved to dance. Like I, I used to dance like, um, you know, I, I took dance my whole childhood. I danced in college. I was on dance teams. I choreographed things, but like I've lost that. I, I can't, I'm not that great a dancer now. Um, you don't use it, you lose it. So guys, keep twerking. Um, but I <laughs> literally twerking. Put like... Put that on a t-shirt. Literally keep twerking or you lose it. Um, but I used to dance a ton and that was one of my earliest memories of just like loving, loving dancing. Um, and it was photographed, so it, it was real. <laughs> I was like, is this a fake memory? But it's real. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that story because it has a whole emotional arc. (laughs) How writerly of you. Like, she cut my hair. And I'm just like, oh, no. And then you're like, I I got there and I was just like, oh, maybe I'm cute. Oh, yes. And then, oh, I had such joy. Oh, yes. So you took us on a whole (laughs) journey. (laughs) It's so funny, but it's indicative of the fact, like, what we both said is, like, all our stories are, like, bittersweet. And I'm like, most of mine start happy and sad, but that's one that started sad and ended happy. (laughs) No, that's great. I mean, uh, yeah, I I can relate because my story was just like, we bonded because we were bullied. (laughs) And then then we found joy in one another, which is the the happy part of it. Um, But yeah, I I do think like being a little black girl, especially the way we grew up um, within mostly white spaces um, that were not kind to us. Um, that, you know, yeah, sometimes it is challenging to find those happier memories, but I'm glad we took a moment to like reflect on that, you know, know. like it makes me feel better. Like so often when I think of my childhood, I think of like all the things that were unfair or racist or, you know, sad that happened to me, but Um, I'm glad that I could take a moment today to like just pause and reflect on, you know, something happy or something good that got me through those uh, tough times being a kid, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been friends for such a long time, and yet I am still learning about you. So I actually like this little story time thing that we do. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so much fun. I think we should do this again sometime. <laughs> LOL, I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you enjoyed our story time segment, let us know and send us some questions you would like us to answer. Like, you know, send us some prompts, like, mm-hmm. you know out here uh that would be great so uh hopefully the next time we do this we'll have um a prompt from you guys that'd be fun by the way grace do you Mm -hmm. remember those quizzes in the back of magazines that we used to take back in the day oh yeah like you know 
Seventeen magazine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah, like what um, fruit is your identity? Oh yeah, and now now are you it's pretty like enough to deserve a boyfriend? <laughs> How does your comforter tell you what period underwear should you should have? I don't know. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, Buzzfeed is now the new Seventeen magazine. Yes, I know I Buzzfeed really is. Um, but I think we should take one of those quizzes to close out this segment. I found one um, online. Okay, sure. It's a friendship quiz. It's Ooh. are you a good friend or a bad friend? Oh no! I hope we're I good have friends. We're going to pass. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like out. we're gonna fucking like crush this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, if anyone else wants to take this quiz, it's on Oprah.com. Just Google it. Um, but here's the first question, Grace. Great. Mm-hmm. Do you initiate contact between the two of us, like by calling, emailing, dropping by for a visit? Do you do this never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always? Often, I would say. Yeah, me too. I feel mm-hmm. like you often call me or email me. We email I text you. Usually text is... Yeah, texting. Is, uh, yeah. is this quiz dated? How come texting isn't it? Drop by yeah. for a visit. I mean, I don't do that so much. <laughs> I can't even be in your building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drop by. But what yeah, like calling, I was like, if, if you call me, I'm just, I'm, I'm usually a little alarmed. <laughs> I'm just like, because <laughs> uh, I was just like, oh, is something wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I just the that. world we live in right now, you know? Um, exactly, exactly. Well, I would say we both pass because we both say often. Yes. Uh, question two. Do you create a supportive atmosphere, making a point of being cheerful, encouraging, and caring enough to make me feel good? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, always. I'll say o- often. I, I wish it yeah. were always, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's often. I would say I do it for you sometimes. I think I'm a Virgo, so I'm often... My tendency is often to... Um, want to like support through feedback and I'm like it's an annoying tendency of mine I would say but I default to that so I don't know if I always um, am a cheerful encouraging caring presence I hope I am <laughs> but I would say sometimes slash often <laughs> yeah I would say often yeah I think you're you're often encouraging yes I would, I would oh, say the good. same oh I'm glad to hear that yes okay great <laughs> Checks for both of us. You know that dream you have, Grace? Crush it. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that. Okay. I'm always always like, you're you're going to make it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We we do that for each other. Great. Okay. Question three. Do Mm. you prepare a special event, like a dinner, a birthday party, or fun activity for both of us to do together? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always? Mm, I would say for that one, rarely. It's just because we're... We're just busy. Um, yeah. But, you know, if I can help out with any of your stuff, I try to do that. Um, I've never been, like, a big planner of, like, things. I don't even really do a birthday party for myself. I just, I kind of mm-hmm. like to just travel on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I would say rarely, but mainly just because I'm too busy to do so. Yeah, I would say rarely as well. I mean, we've planned a few dinners and you planned for us to go get our aura photography done. So mm-hmm. we've done a few little things, um, but agreed. It's rare because we're busy people. This mm-hmm. quiz makes it seem like it's rare because we don't care about each other. But that's not <laughs> the fact. People, we respect each other's need for time. Okay, question four. Do you stand up for me with other people? defend or support me when people aren't treating me well. Oh my God, who's not treating me well? (laughs) Do you do this never, rarely, sometimes, often, always? Always. I mean, (laughs) I I have to say that uh, Amy's the mayor of LA, so (laughs) I don't 
have to very much like uh, defend <laughs> her when she's not there because people generally like her a lot. So um, in, on the rare occasions it has happened or whatever, it's it's literally just somebody saying something like, oh, yeah, she's so busy. Well, she's busy because she's a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, so it doesn't ha- happen that I have to do it very often because I think also people know better than to speak ill of you in front of me. But yeah, I mean, if it did happen, it would be an always 100%. That's what I keep thinking of. I'm like, who is coming to me and talking about grace? <laughs> I'm like, that would be a wild choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, like <laughs> do you have you never seen either of our social like I'm like, my social media is a tribute to Grace. Yes, uh, literally and same with mine or whatever. In every other picture, it's me and Amy. What are you, what would you be doing? I'm also like, where are we that people aren't treating either of us well and the other one is seeing it? No, I mean. I mean, not often. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, one time I can't think of it. Because remember when we went to Italy and there was a mix up with our villa? (laughs) But like, first of all, problems, guys. First of all, relatable content. (laughs) Uh, Amy did a very, very sweet thing where she decided to, Mm. like, pay for the villa for me and Tash for, like, two nights. And we were so touched because she, like, didn't tell us until we had gotten there. And we were, like, asking our travel agent. We're just like, "Where we have to pay you for this hotel. And he's like, uh, it's not due yet or whatever. <laughs> and then Amy was just like, uh, just so you know, you guys, I'm, I am taking care of this villa for two nights. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. So when we get there and the oh villa God. is not the villa that she ordered, no oh, bitch, no all three of us went flames because we were just like, <laughs> our friend tried to do something nice. And y'all are playing her shady. It just turned out that it was a genuine mix-up. But, um, and they, and like so many people came to apologize to us. So we're not mad about that. But, you know, in the moment, we were, we, me and Tash went into protection mode. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah they were like, do you know who she is? <laughs> Italy, you like, will we'll stand. with you. You're on notice, Sicily. I was just like, was I like- verified on Twitter. I'll ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> you see this blue check? <laughs> you want to check the receipt? Yeah. So uh, yeah, we have evidence for always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That is true. Well, um, I- I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. Do you focus on my problems and offer empathy, understanding, kindness, comfort, and verbal reassurance? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always? Always, I would say. Yeah. I'm like Whenever always. you bring it to me, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like I do that for you always. I mm-hmm. think it's almost like the basis of our friendship. She's <laughs> like, don't worry, girl. I'm don't worry. You. You, you, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, that's literally exactly. what we do for each other. Like, uh, I'm so stressed. Uh, oh, no, but you're doing great. It's, you're stressed because you love everything you're doing, you know? So yeah. I think that we constantly do that for each other. I agree. Um, this quiz was very sweet. It didn't drag us like I, I feared it would. Um, so, so glad to know that based on this quiz and our answers, except for that one rarely, we are great friends. Oh, that's great. <laughs> great to know. I mean, you know, was there any chance that it wouldn't be? <laughs> uh, to close us out, uh, we're going to do our creative tap-in which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Oh, yeah, sure am. Make up a story. For our sake and yours, forget your name in the street. 
Tell us what the world has been to you in the dark places and in the light. Don't tell us what to believe, what to fear. Show us belief's wide skirt and stitch that unravels fear's call. And that is Toni Morrison, Mm. and that's from her Nobel Prize lecture in literature in 1993. I'll read it one more time. Make up a story for our sick and yours. Forget your name in the street. Tell us what the world has been to you in the dark places and in the light. Don't tell us what to believe, what to fear. Show us belief's wide skirt and the stitch that unravels fear's call. Tony Morrison. Whoa, Miss Morrison, you is deep. Yeah, that's what she knows. Um, I think that the first sentence kind of made me think of traveling and like just picking an identity like mm-hmm. yeah 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 I drive cars in Portland <laughs> like I'm a you know I'm a venture capitalist I'm originally from Copenhagen but I lost my accent um <laughs> you know just yes like, black people are everywhere like, this... yes I'm from Copenhagen yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right be confused <laughs> it's like I think of that for make up a story for our sake and yours forget your name in the street I'm like okay girl my name is Trinity <laughs> but I think what she's saying is I, I hold on to the second part of that sentence, which is um, uh, say what you are in the dark and the light, mm-hmm. where it's sort of like forget the story that you've been forced into mm-hmm. or like what you've been told or what you um, were led to believe or the, you know, quote unquote, sacred contract that you had um, with your past self. It's like forget that story and live in both the dark and the light and and just be, as opposed to being prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it makes me think of. It is pretty deep. That last sentence, the show us beliefs wide skirt and the stitch that unravels fears call. I'm still wrapping my head around that. Yeah. But Grace, what does this quote make you think? Well, it makes me think of losing yourself inside of your own stories. And, and so, you know, when you're working in TV, a lot of the times... You, uh, mm-hmm. it's a collaboration, basically. You know, all the all your favorite shows. Yeah. There's anywhere between, you know, three to twelve writers that work there, and we all sit around and we um, brainstorm ideas and and whatever show you see is 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 our collective imaginations, our collective lives, our collective stories. But mm-hmm. you know, when it's your own project or your it's your own thing. You do get to just lose yourself within your characters and stuff like that. Mm. And recently, I've just been thinking about that more because I've been doing a lot of work for others, um, which has been a joy in a a way. I mean, I I literally love uh, everyone and I feel so blessed to have the opportunity to work on all the amazing shows that I have. But every so often, I'm just like, what's the purest expression of an artist? It's like me sitting there like coming up with something that shows the dark and the light parts of myself. Um, And so, you know, and that's also why I became a comedy writer. It's just like, I want to take the dark parts and make them light and like take the dark parts and make you think about them through laughter. So to me, this is reminding me today that, you know, Grace, you know, try to find yourself like an artistic project that's either just for you or, you know, start mm-hmm. something new that you're developing from scratch where you're not thinking about like 
you know, this this studio is looking for this or that studio is looking for this. Maybe I should come mm-hmm. up with something like that. Like, you know, it would be really nice, especially this time when I'm going into production on um, another show. And I actually really don't have anything to write other than the scripts from the show that I'm working on right now. It might be a time uh, for my own joy and um, stuff to, to really just sit and be like, maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to write a novel. I really love romance wow. novels. So I was like, maybe Ooh, I want to... Oh, girl, you could do that you know, write a write a little... Make us one, Grace. <laughs> romance novel. Uh, I, I do it I, because the romance is lacking in my life. So, you know, sometimes I like to pretend. Uh, but, you know, um, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's just a reminder. And, you know, Toni Morrison, who gave us some of the most incredible works of American literature that have ever been written. Um, Just remembering like how signature her work was and how you could read a sentence, like show us belief's wide skirt and the stitch that unravels fair's call. Is there a more Toni Morrison sentence than that? Literally no. You know what I'm saying? She loves flowery and, and elaborate language. And I was just like, I, I want to have that too someday where somebody can read a sentence of mine. Like, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with uh, Robert Carlock and Tina Fey. And, you know, you can read one of their jokes and you know, that's a, that's a Fey Carlock mm. joint. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I have aspirations to have that kind of voice for myself, but I need to make time to do it uh, instead of just, you know, responding to the industry. So thank you. Rest in peace, Toni Morrison. Yeah. And I, I agree that she's deep AF, but one of the simplest things she ever wrote, I actually posted as my away message on Labor Day this year. There's a piece that got reprinted Mm -hmm. in the New Yorker that's called The Work You Do, The Person You Are. And she gives sort of like four tenets Mm -hmm. about labor. Um, And I'm not going to give them now. We've gone on long enough, but um, you can look it up. It's in the New Yorker. But um, just about like how to think of yourself as a worker. And it's something Mm -hmm. that like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I was just in a mood to hear them that day, but it's not, it's not the usual Toni Morrison, um, like poetic language. It's very straightforward and direct and a little didactic. And I really enjoyed it because I was like, oh, right. Even someone as prolific as her needed rest. Um, and being able to separate yourself from your work is so important. Um, yeah. And so I, I really love all the things that she has said and, and the ways we continue to celebrate her. It's cool. Thanks for pulling that quote, yeah. quote Grace. It was great. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, I should say. I'm just like, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> I get it. We love each other. Uh, that's the kind of yeah, supportive exactly. friend. <laughs> we <Check> are. That <laughs> box. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. <laughs> we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And go make up a story. 
The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producers Sierra Spragley-Ricks and Marcel Malakibu. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Jenick. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniubi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's, y'all. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Bye-bye.